You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Thanks again for tuning in with Johnny and the Hawk podcast. This is our fifth installment of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Johnny, can you believe it that we've already made it to our fifth episode? Five episodes seems like nothing. We have been here, seems like forever. We had all this idea going on the very beginning of the year. And now look at us. Look at us in the studio with these nice mics, these nice computers. Do you really think we, we would have been here a few months ago? I don't think it would have went this quick. It's It's been a lot of fun for sure. I mean, we even took our show on the road a couple times and, you know, getting to know Ryan Fulmer a little bit more and Ryan Cash of ORU Baseball and then broadcasting at Did Armadillo. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot more fun when we get into football season, which oh, yeah. is literally right around the corner. I mean, what is it, like two, three weeks away? Something until, like that. Until fall camp gets underway? Well, football season is usually the most fun part if you're anyone who likes sports and everything. This is the dead middle of the summer. Nothing's going on. You know, we're just clawing and just hungry for <laughs> sports right now. And once football season comes, oh, is there going to be a smorgasbord of stuff to watch? Yeah, topics never have a problem once football season gets underway. And, you know, Speaking of topics, you know, preseason polls came out. Big 12 media day just wrapped up in Big Dallas. Your favorite NFL team, they're not very good anymore, but the Cowboys hosted Big 12 media day. And no surprise here. I know this is going to be a thorn in your backside, but Oklahoma was the overall top pick to finish the preseason poll in the top spot. Oklahoma State in the middle of the pack at four. What do you think of the preseason poll and how it shaked out down in Dallas. Right. Well, okay, let me preface this by saying something that, you know, should be obvious to anyone who's really watched college football over just a lengthy period of time. Preseason polls, I'm going to repeat this again, <laughs> preseason polls do not matter. I wish I could say a much more vulgar way of saying that, but it, I'm just going to say yeah, but a PG version. Said, though, it's not matter. That, now, hold Sooners on. Sooners have won the last six. That's what I was going for. Okay, okay. The top of the list, I think they got it right. OU is definitely the top pack here. And uh, honestly, I don't think the, the, the gap between OU and number two Iowa State, I think is, I think it's substantial right now. They yeah, have for, a, for no, sure. they now have a new, they have a bunch of young guys who played last year, now are coming back this year, especially Spencer Rattler, especially him. It's going to revolve around him. And now now that you have – it may have been a two-loss season last year. They won the conference. They won the conference against Iowa State. And now they're going to come back, and now they're in contention for a big-time push at the college football playoff you know, the disparity between the Big 12 teams is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. OU is just getting richer and richer and richer in talent. We've already seen a five-star QB commit to OU yeah, this week Can already. Can you believe that? What is a class of 2027? I mean, it doesn't – I'm joking at that. But, like, it's it's ridiculous <laughs> how fast they're getting recruits coming left and right. Hey, I, I want to go down to Norman. I think the prerequisite is – Squatting 620 pounds, just like Jalen Hurts. Did you see that? True. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Did 620 see that? pounds. He did that with ease, by the way. That is but the, the, horrifying. It, it, it is. But the thing is, can we just call him now? Lincoln Riley is the quarterback whisperer. Of course. I mean. Oh, of course. There's the, the things that he's been able to do, the players that he's been able to get under center down there. 
I mean, two Heisman winners. I mean, it's just impressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, going to the other teams in the poll right now, Texas at number three. Sure, you could make the argument that um, that Texas belongs there. You know, you they got some good players coming in and good players, you know, that are established that are going to make a rung at being one of the best players in the position. You know, Bijan Robinson, the running back, comes to mind for Texas for me. But it's Texas, you know. It's that one. It's that it's the the butt joke that we always like to talk about and everything. Texas is back, whatever. And then by the time the end of the season comes, they've just plummeted into complete mediocrity. Well, they're it's not always back with happen. horns down, though. You did see that. Uh, that. That's ridiculous. That is the one of the worst things that I've seen so far before the hoopla of the college football season yeah. begins. Like, just play the game. Let the fans take part with their traditions and have all the hoopla in the crowd. Like it doesn't matter if they do horns down. That is really not going to change the outcome of the game. Yeah. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I don't, it's, I mean, I think the only people obviously who are really offended by the horns down are Texas. And you know, it's been going on. That thing has been going on forever. And for them to kind of now enforce it, it's just like, okay, what, what's going on here? Like, yeah, but even in the red river rivalry, I mean, come on, you're not even, you're not even competing against no. Oklahoma right now. I mean, I, I know you're a diehard Cowboy fan, and the people that are listening, they know you're an Oklahoma State alum, fan, whatever you want to call it. But right now, it's keeping up with the Joneses, and that Joneses is Oklahoma. Yeah. And that's the problem, the, or not a problem, but that's that's what's going on in the Big 12 right now. No, Everybody's no doubt. trying to catch up to them. And I think Texas just needs to be quiet with those horns down things and go out and just try to win a game. How about we start off with that? Yeah. I mean, they got a new coach with Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. A lot is going to happen, I think, at Texas this year because I think they are tired of seeing Oklahoma walk away with another Big 12 title. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those interesting things where Steve Sarkeesian could be in the hot seat after just one season in Texas because that's how fed up people have been in that in Austin trying to win something, whether it's a conference, whether it's the national championship, who knows how far they are to get to that point. But right now, you're absolutely right. Anyone who really watches Big 12 football, I mean, it's obvious right now that OU is the cream of the crop, top of the pack. Now, for Oklahoma State, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like defensively, they're starting to get more and more into the right direction. We kind of doubted Jim Knowles last year whether you know he could build a great defense and last year i thought they did a pretty good job from past years of oklahoma state defenses he they did a pretty good job at establishing a good solid defense you got a few guys who are in the watch list for outstanding defensive player kobe harville peel obviously and malcolm rodriguez those guys are malcolm rodriguez can kind of Go from linebacker. What is he forty-five like now, or is he fifty-five years old? I mean, he's been there forever. I don't know. He's finally his senior year. I know. Fifth like year senior. I mean, just what he's been able to do—it's very impressive. Uh, he's probably one of my most favorite players to talk to and cover because he's just honest. I mean, this goes back to his days when he played football for Wagner <laughs> right up the road. Right, but uh, in terms of Oklahoma State, I feel like they had so much loss on the offensive side of the ball. We kind of saw Spencer Sanders was a little inconsistent, to say the absolute least, last year. And um, now that they have the weapons, which when I say weapons, I obviously mean Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace, now that they're gone to the NFL, 
that's going to leave a lot of holes. It's going to leave a lot of exposure. Hey, don't forget about Dylan Stoner as well. I mean, oh, yeah, he didn't get drafted, but, you know, he's off to the NFL as well. Right, and that's going to that's a lot of weapons that Spencer Sanders had that bailed him out a few times that he no longer has. So who knows? Maybe there could be a QB competition between him and Shane Illingsworth. Um, but, you know, I feel like for Oklahoma State, it's going to be one of those things where it's like – Nine wins, we'll take it. Ten wins, it's way, way above average, but it's probably going to be eight, possibly seven wins. Who knows? It's I will OSU say this, football. though. The guy that I think is going to be their breakout player, he's going to be on the edge, and that's Mr. Presley, the former Bixby star. You saw what he did against Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. I just think he's going to be the guy that Sanders is going to want to go to this year. And I think some teams in the Big 12 will take notice to him, but because he's still so young – I think he's going to be able to get a lot of open looks, but he is very well known already in his short time up in Stillwater. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, like I said, defensively, there's a lot of pieces that have kind of been taken away. But if they can get the new guys to assimilate well, and if they just keep doing what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball, then you know what? We could probably exceed expectations. We could probably get up um, to where, you know, by the end of the season, we may be in contention for the Big 12 championship game. You know, obviously, it's going to be OU at the very top, no matter what, in my opinion. Sure. But we could probably make those runs if everything goes well. But hmm, for OSU football, that is a really big if. Now, for OU, though, you know, the ascension of Spencer Rattler is always going to be interesting. Whenever OU was kind of – in a bit of a slum at the beginning of the season last year, everyone was just like, oh, this kid is just awful. Where's Jalen? Where's Kyler? Where's Baker? What is up with this kid? Now, I mean, the run that he had at the end of the season, I got to tell you. He put over 3,000 yards. I got to tell you, that was something special. And the fact that, you know, that was his first year starting too, you know, the sky's the limit, I think, for this kid. Well, and how about the fact that his favorite target, who, you know, got the Maxwell Award for, you know, a wide receiver, Marvin Mims. I mean, look at all the connections that those guys had later in the year. And now they're both in their next year with OU. That's scary to think how productive those two are going to be this fall. Yeah. Um, also, kind of the run game, You we see all the time that OU is never really – uh, they don't have, like, a scarcity in running backs. Kennedy Brooks, obviously, is going to be the guy where they're going to lean on. You know, Mikey Henderson, Seth McGowan, the guys who were dismissed for off-the-field issues, that kind of hurt them, in my opinion, in terms of depth. But, you know, it's always next man up for OU. That's the thing. As If you're an opposing fan, that's the worst thing about it. It's always next man up. You think, okay, this star is gone. This star is going to the NFL. Let's see what happens. Can we? It's finally, like they never have an off year, and that's that's impressive what Lincoln Riley has done. Can we finally say the way OU is rolling it right now that this could be their year to get back to the title game? Title it, game? I'm not sure. I'm not talking like the Big 12 title. I'm talking the whole right. kit and caboodle. Like, are they at the level right now? Hypothetically, could we see an Oklahoma versus Alabama at the title game? I could see it. I mean, I could see it in the college football playoff, but um, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's Big 12, obviously, and, like, who knows? There's always Clemson, even though 
Um, Trevor Lawrence is gone. There's always I've always said that North Carolina is starting to creep up a little bit more. I think they may be in contention. Um, I'm a big Mac Brown guy, yeah, obviously. Of course. <laughs> and uh, you're up in Texas, right? Is yeah, that where you're course, from? Of course, of <laughs> course. And then there's also you know there's also Ohio State that's going to be in contention and everything. Florida's probably going to be in the mix. Florida, Notre Dame. There's always going to be a few pieces. Who knows, really? Um, I think OU, if everything goes right for them. Will be in the college football playoff, but in terms of national championship, I think that they're still a little too inexperienced for that. I could be wrong. There's also guy dark horses like Georgia. There's also um, Notre Dame, even though I think they've just been, you know, Notre Dame is just one of those teams that make the playoff but don't really deserve to be in the playoff. I think last year and a few years before kind of proved that. I digress. You touched on the fact of. OSU needs to hopefully win more games than eight eight games this year. Do you think with a full crowd, because remember this year we're back to full crowd in Stillwater and down in Norman, do you think the crowd will have any impact for Oklahoma State? Because, you know, when the Cowboys are hot and when their fan base is in it, it's one of the toughest places to, to win a ball game if you're an opposing team. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I would say that stadium. It's The thing that makes Boone Pickens so bad for opposing teams is, I don't know if you've been there, Dan, but the sidelines Oh, they're tight. I've been there. Tight. They're very tight. And uh, it's not even, it's not even like, the, the tightness of it in terms of, like, you know, there's, like, still space for everyone to sit down and everything, but the fans are right there in your face. You make eye contact with them. It's really weird. I've been down there. Like, the fans make eye contact with you. They're just shouting stuff. They got those paddles. At the very, very never front stops. row, never stops. You just, as an opposing player, you're literally right there, and so, you know, I feel like Boone Pickens is one of those stadiums where even though there's not a huge amount of capacity, um, like Memorial Stadium at OU, you could still have a huge home field advantage. Now that being said, you know, given the inconsistency that OSU has had over the past few years, who knows if that stadium will be filled up to that capacity? Yeah. And, you know, the other side of this, too, is I think having a packed house in Stillwater again is going to rejuvenize that fan base. But I think they're hungry right now. I know that, you know, these preseason polls, like, let's be honest, half the time they don't usually mean anything. Mm -mm. But I, I think Oklahoma State could be the underdog this season in the Big 12. I really do. I mean, look, I know Kansas, you could say, well, what about Kansas? They're they're at the bottom. They're the true underdog. It's Kansas, Johnny. Kansas is fine being last in the conference. I don't see anything changing there. But look at the bottom half of that. You got, well, after Oklahoma State, TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Baylor, and Tech. I think all of those teams right there, those could all be jumbled around on how this plays out this season. The only true front runner in this, in my opinion, is Oklahoma at top. Absolutely. Yeah, those other teams in the bottom, you know, they, I mean, OU is, I mean, I don't know exactly how many years, but OU's always lost a game that they should have won. Um, and that can doubly be said by, for, by Oklahoma State. Is this State. year that it could be the loss to the Oklahoma State Cowboys? No. It's no. at Stillwater, though. No. No. Not, not happening. Call me a pessimist. Say whatever you want. I've been through this toxicity before. We're not going to win. The last time we won, what was it, 2014? It's was been it? a while. It's been a while. That was, you know, that was the Mason Rudolph game. And then the last time was 2011 
Obviously, that was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Oklahoma State team in history. Sure. So if that's going to be what it takes to beat OU, well, hate to break it to y'all, but it's not this team. Sure. Well, and also with the preseason polls for the teams, the other stuff that came out was the Maxwell Award and the Chuck Van Eric. We touched a little bit on it. I felt there was no surprise here with Spencer Rattler and Marvin Mims for Oklahoma Kind of sad, disappointing, in my opinion, that no OSU player receiving a Maxwell. Or, or did that not surprise you? No, that didn't surprise me at all. Like I said, with Chuba gone, Tylen gone, Spencer Sanders has still been an unproven commodity. And so are the wide receivers. They sometimes have been, you know, in and out. Sometimes they're, like, on fire. If and Presley the did more in the regular season, I know he went off in the bowl game. But if he would have done more, do you think he would have gotten a Maxwell? I would think so. Um the thing the good thing about OSU is, you know, there's always a next man up for wide receivers. It's just there was this season I feel like there's no clear cut favorite number one. After um James Washington left, it was people knew it was Tylen Wallace. Sure. And now that Tylen Wallace has left, you know, who knows uh who's gonna fill in that number one receiver role that's gonna help out Spencer Sanders. Who knows? And but on the um, defensive side, you know, Oklahoma picked up Nick Bonito, linebacker, as well as Isaiah Thomas, defensive end. The cool thing about Isaiah, remember, he's a local guy. He went to Memorial High School, grew up here in Tulsa. So for us, you know, fans of cheering on guys at the high school ranks that make it on to the college level, it's pretty cool to see that he received a nod for the Chuck Van Nerick. And then as your OSU Cowboys go, you did say it already, but Colby, Harvell, Peel, as well as Malcolm Rodriguez, um, I'm not surprised that either one of them got the nod for Chuck Van Eric. I, I think Malcolm is one of the most underrated players. I just wish he was a little bit taller. I, I think, you know, if he was a little bit taller, I think he could have a shot at playing in the NFL because he his awareness of the football field. And I'm not trying to shortchange him. I mean, I'm not asking him to go get drafted and be like, hey, Dan said I'm not good enough. That's not what I'm saying. I just think – he doesn't have the the length that most NFL people look at for future. Yeah, at a linebacker at five foot eleven, the chances are not. But special the best teams right now. But, he could have a long career in special teams if he wanted. I mean, who knows? But that guy, like as they said, he fits that image. I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez just pops into your screen. I mean, he's the heart of OSU's defense. Oh yeah, hands down. You know, and to see what he did at Wagner High School and then obviously what he's been able to do at OSU. It's crazy to think that he's been there for five years. I mean, that's a long time. For a, the body of work of a football player, you know the wear and tear, especially at the position that he plays, that takes a lot out of you. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, the, and you kind of see in the games how he is so involved. You know, sometimes it could be one of those um, linebackers that drops back. You know, he did play, I think, safety for a little bit. Um, but he's always involved. You always see him on the field. You always see him close to the ball. And like you said, there's a lot of wear and tear in that. He's just got that gut in him. He's just got guts in him to want to make a play. And that's what Oklahoma State needs on the defensive side. They need a, a like an alpha male there that's going to help him out. Malcolm Rodriguez is one, but Colby Harville P on the back. That's going to be a really, really good, solid piece in the secondary. Hopefully he can stay healthy because he was a little – Sure. He had a little bit of health issues um, in the past. Well, let's have some fun here. Let's go back to the preseason poll, and then let's look at the watch list. With the preseason poll, I know they're preseason polls. How true do you think this is going to be 
when we talk about this in December, that this poll is actually how it finishes out. Do, well, you, do you think this 10 teams, the way they have it breaking down, that's the way it's going to finish out? Okay, I'm going to start from the bottom. From 6 to 10, it could be just an absolute toss-up. From West Virginia to Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech, who knows? Because, you know, sometimes they could win against the top of the league, and then sometimes they could just all just lose to each other. Now, TCU is interesting because they got a few pieces also that could break out, that could elevate them, probably make good upsets. Especially with their quarterback, Max Duggan. Oh, yeah, for sure. That is a one of those teams that may seem in the middle of the pack, but I would say that that's a, they're in a dangerous spot if you're any other team. Now, for OSU and Texas – that can interchange also. You know, OSU can make a run. Texas can make a run. Um, but at the end of the day, I think right now uh, it's going to be OU and Iowa State. I think Iowa State, although the gap, like I said, of between OU and Iowa State is big, I think for the rest of the nation, Iowa State is right there among the top 15 best teams right there. And they've made a good program in Ames. I hate to say it because Iowa State used to be just like, oh, it's just another team. No, they're a big threat right now. Well, and then if you look at OSU, they're going to be making that trip down to Austin again. They lost the last time they were there. And then last year, you know they lost in Stillwater. So right now, Texas is going for the hat trick against your Cowboys. So that is a big-time matchup that they have to win this season. On the other side of the coin with the preseason watch list, having some fun do you see any of the four players that we mentioned on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball for the or the, the players that we mentioned do you see any of them actually walking away with this chuck man Narek award as well as a maxwell award we're just talking osu and ou players i could see spencer taking home the maxwell if he has a season that he had later in the year, if he does it all season long. Yeah, I think Max, I mean, they're not going to put this on right there, the odds, but I think Spencer Rattler is a clear-cut favorite to win the Maxwell Award. Um, you know, if Brock Purdy has a good season, Iowa State, who, know, who knows? Brees Hall, obviously also big running back. The guy is just ballsy. He's a beast. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's Spencer Rattler's award to lose especially with all the stuff that Oklahoma is doing. Marvin Mims is interesting because, you know, Rattler's going to be throwing the ball. If he makes a bunch of spectacular plays for him, you know, it could be one of those things where Mims gets the credit instead of Spencer, kind of like what we saw in Alabama last year with Devontae Smith. Um, But like I said, I feel like Spencer Rattler is the guy for the Maxwell Award. As for the defensive player, you know, it's – I feel like Colby Harville P is definitely going to be in contention for that, but I'm big on Isaiah Thomas at OU. That guy yeah, he's is just a freak. Stud. Can we just say that? I mean, the way he's able to move, how big he is, my goodness, that boy can move around the field, and he's so much fun to watch, and it's cool to have a guy that is a local product, and, you know, we get to cover him on Friday nights, and, you know, he's a Tulsa school district boy, and it's cool to see him get that opportunity, what he's been able to string together down in Norman. Yeah, I will say also, Will McDonald and Mike Rose from Iowa State, uh, two guys who could really make an impact for that defense right now. And that's probably going to be the biggest thing for the Big 12 in terms of who can, who's going to be at the top is, you know, is it going to be the defense that holds it up? Is it going to be bend, don't break? Or are we just going to see them just score as much as they can 
and just hope for the best. I think with this list, it shows that Iowa State and Oklahoma can be those teams where defensively they could hold it down, and either the other teams have to just outscore them, which is going to be hard, or they're going to have to establish their own defenses to kind of win. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens because, like I said, preseason polls do not matter. No. Unless you're Oklahoma in the Big 12 preseason poll. That's all that really matters these days. True. Uh, How about this? Monday Night Football is going to go to the Manning brothers. I I think they've been wanting Peyton ever since he retired. And I think maybe Peyton was like, hey, I'll be a part of the Monday Night Football broadcast. Now, they're not replacing the regular broadcast team. They're doing an alternate broadcast. But I think Peyton was like, if you want me, you got to bring along Eli. And that's the only reason why I think they're doing this. I think it's pretty cool. We could finally see if the you know the media business as a whole thinks so highly of Peyton if he's really good on the mic because Tony Romo has set the bar extremely high as a broadcaster. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I think there was a rumor that if Tony Romo would have gotten the coaching staff for the Cowboys – and Peyton Manning would have been the next guy up for the CBS role. So with Peyton, like it was a when you told me this news earlier today, I was like, eh, it's not surprising. You know, it's Peyton Manning. He knows the game. He's got that personality. You know what I mean? He would make a good broadcaster. Eli, though, I was like, I have no clue where Eli stands. Where does Eli? I hope he's not an Addison Ray type of guy. He's 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 kind of boring. I'm just gonna say it. Like he's not the most lively individual. I mean, you've seen Peyton on SNL. He's hilarious. Yeah. Now, I get it. Writers help put that together, but you still have to act it out or say the part. No, you still need to have it. Uh, you need to have it. And I don't know if Eli has it. I mean, I think he could be a pretty good analyst, but I don't know if he could carry a whole broadcast. I think well, this is definitely a Peyton thing. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why they paired them up together, because they're brothers and they know each other. They know what makes them tick. They know their strengths, their weaknesses. So who knows? Maybe this could be actually really good for Eli because, you know, like I said, we haven't really seen him in a broadcast booth setting before unless he just pulls a complete Tony Romo and just flabbergasts us from the very start. Um, You know, there may be a few hiccups and everything. Do they wear their championship rings? Because remember the both of them did win. That'd be so pretentious. Oh, my God. Both did win two Super Bowls. So do they rock the jewelry on Monday Night Football? The only one who I think should really rock them is Eli. Is Eli? <laughs> Just to snub his older brother? Yeah, it's like, hey, I beat Tom Brady twice. Yeah. What's yeah. up? Yeah, what's up with that? I do think it's pretty cool. I mean, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry still going to be on the traditional Monday Night Broadcast. I also think this could help Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is trash. Most of the games that you see throughout the year, it's the throwaway game, just like the Thursday night game. They're not that entertaining, in my opinion. Thoughts? Uh, I'd have to disagree with you on this. I feel like sometimes, well, sometimes based on the schedule and everything, I wish the schedule could have been. I wish it could be a flex game. Yeah, I wish it could be a little more fluid. That's where I'm going with it. Okay. Yeah, there's some uh, matchups. Especially, like, I don't know if, like, Thursday night football is... There's some matchups where you're just like, this is not deserve a primetime slot. And it's slot not fair for the players at either. All. Look how fast they got to get recouped to get back out on the grid. Right. That's Thursday night for sure. Monday night is a little bit of a different story. But the thing with me with Monday night is... And I, I like Steve Steve Levy and his crew and everything. I, I thought they did pretty good. A lot of people were like, ah, oh, no, that doesn't... That's not 
Monday night football, you know? But I thought they were pretty good. But I don't know if it was last season or the season before. But um, when the college football guys took a Monday night game. That was cool. I was like, whoa. Whenever they flip the script and they have the national broadcasters go from college basketball to NBA basketball, to me it's a lot of fun to listen because they don't normally obviously call those games. So you get a little bit of a different feel to yeah. the way the game is. I mean, played. when you I know when I heard Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet call a game, you're just like, this is just different, you know. Yeah. You get the same, and it was it was during COVID too. So you get the you get the college football excitement in the NFL, which sometimes now that you know it's more of a you know you get paid more of a sure I, for lack of a better term corporate type of feel to it, with that, as opposed to college. I mean, they made it kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, Joe Tessitore, whenever he was doing it, was also pretty good. I thought he was great, in my I opinion. I did not like the Booger-mobile. <laughs> that needed to get off the screen. I love Bo- Booger McFarlane. I just didn't like him blocking the screen. I don't know if you went on the internet, but the, the, the memes, season that he was a part of that, I know I saw blocking the memes. fans in the crowd. Like, why are you going to pay a ticket if you're going to be blocked by that? I, I, I saw the memes. It's pretty bad. Hilarious. Yeah. But... Uh, Peyton and Eli, I think it's going to be interesting. Next three seasons, it's going to be interesting I think to it's see how that shakes out. Well, Max A. Smiths did come back, and this past week we had the chance to finally speak to the guard that withdrew his name from the NBA draft and returned to the Golden Eagles program. I think for him it was the right decision. I know that he went off during March Madness, but in the combine he did show a little bit of struggle the midcore max that we had grown to love to see throughout the season he struggled shooting in the combine and i think we will see him in the nba eventually but i think for him to come back to oru is the right thing it is kind of disappointing though that his running mate kevin o'banner decided to go to texas tech yeah um so it's one of those things where like you he had just such a stellar season and he was just riding the he was just riding the wave of the hype that he made with the NCAA tournament. And just really all season, all season long. Um, but when you get to the NBA, obviously there's a lot more stuff that gets to it. I thought, I'm just going to expose you right now. You were so pessimistic. You were like, no, he's not coming back. That's it. It's <laughs> over. No more Max A. Smith. It's done. It's done. You should hear Dan at the desk. He was like, it's done. But I thought... I think it's also one of those things where it's a good decision on his part. You know, he still has – it's his team. I mean, it's his team. He's still going to make the reins and everything. He's still going to be the playmaker. Um, And I think it would be good to get just one more year of development on, like, under him. Now, I do want to ask this. Since Kevin O'Banner, which, like I said, he was a big, big part of ORU's success in the tournament last year. What are your chances? And I'm going to let you talk on this because you've been around the team far longer with far much more insight than me. Um, what what chances do you give them at returning to the NCAA tournament? I think they're going to be back in the NCAA tournament because Coach Paul Mills did bring on a lot of talent. And besides Kevin O'Banner, they really didn't lose that much. R.J. Glasper decided to transfer but he did get hurt when they were heading into the NCAA tournament. And so I, I believe the talent that he's, surround, he's put around Max A. Smith, I think they're going to have a shot. I mean, they got a Vanderbilt kid that transferred. You still have Kareem Thompson in the mix. You know, when Kareem is on, the kid can go off. And then um, 
Francis Losses, he's not the biggest man, but he's a good defender that obviously he performed very well in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, this is t- toned down a little bit because the Summit League is not the NCAA tournament. I think they're still going to go back. I think they could repeat as the Summit League champ, and I, I do believe they're going to make it back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, when you have that type of season, you have a bunch of confidence. You know, there's not a lot of times where you see a number 15 seed go back to the NCAA tournament and have an exact same run the season after. Not saying that ORU could or could not, you know, who knows, really. But in terms of Summit League contention, absolutely. In terms of being able to go back to the tournament, absolutely. When you have a guy like Max Acemus, um as the focal point of the team, I definitely think that they're going to be able to make a run to the NCAA tournament. Now, like I said, whether they could, you know, do what they did, be the number two seed Ohio State, be Florida, <laughs> be one shot away from making it to the Elite Eight, you know, who knows? But um, but I also think, you know, going off of what we talked during football with stadiums being able to be packed again, yes. I think this fan base for ORU, you know, I think they were probably kicking themselves that they didn't go to more games in the regular season last year. And I think – that maybe center is going to be packed. Remember, they're remodeling that maybe center right now. I mean, the iconic gold seats that wrap around, they are gone. They are going to have blue seats in there. And then we didn't even mention, but Trey Phipps transferred from Oklahoma, decided to come back, and oh, yes. he's a part of that roster as well. You got Phipps and Max. Come on, Johnny. You know both of those guys. If they're on, it's going to be very hard to defend those boys when they can make some three-pointers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, we saw kind of a little bit um, last year when they played OSU, actually. You saw that they were, you know, it wasn't one of those things where, like, oh, my God, they look like they're about to, you know, they look like they're about to pull this one off and everything like that. There was still, a, you know, obviously with Cade and everything, there was still that big talent gap. But I feel like now they have the mentality where we could play against anyone in the nation. And, um, you know, it, it's just cool to be able to see this type of team with this type of school, small, you know, like what was, what's the population of ORU student body? Like I think three, it's less than 10. Three, 2,000? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about just, a, I mean, that's most 6A high schools right there in a college setting. I mean, it, it's just really fun to be able to see this type of team. Um have just these amount of players and make these type of headlines, you know? 4,000 students, uh, 27 or 2,700 undergrads, only 553 postgrads. So very, very small school. Oh. I, I, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of fun this year at the Maybe Center. I know basketball comes after football, but I'm very excited about it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Now, um, we got to end this with one of our favorite topics. Yes, we do. Wrestling. Uh like we've said this before, Johnny and I are big wrestling fans. We're probably always going to have some sort of nugget about wrestling when we end our podcast. Maybe not every time, but every now and then we'll talk about some wrestling. And this one is uh, John Cena making his return back to Monday Night Raw and back to the WWE. I was not surprised that he came back, but what was your thoughts on him coming back? First off, I'm going to put this on the record. Dan said he would give me his Peacock account. He still has not, and I missed money in the bank. It's I'm coming gonna up. Put, I'm going to throw you under the bus for that. It, it, but, it's coming to you. It's uh, coming. It's coming. But, you know, it's just so cool to be able to see John Cena back in WWE. You know, he's a great actor, you know. 
not taking away anything that you know from everything that he's done. I think now he's established himself really as one of those like really just famous, famous type of dudes. Can we compare him to The Rock? No. Or is that not a fun comparison for wrestling fans to compare uh, to The I Rock mean, and it's Cena? A f- I mean, if by fun you mean toxic. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. That's that, a good, that fair could point. Be f- then you have a point, but like, um, you know, I feel like it's just different. You know, I feel like they have the same attributes, so it's kind of like you're, you're kind of, it's like a different side of the coin sure. type of thing. Um, but I'm just glad that John Cena is back to where, you know, I think he really excels in the WWE. Um, and it's just one of those things that where like you talk about the ruthless aggression era and you talk about the wrestlers right now. I mean, think about the guys who are still wrestling right now from that era. Rey mm-hmm. Mysterio still going strong with his son, Dominic. You got Randy Orton. You got Cena now back. And now you got Edge, who, I mean, a he year and a half ago, most likely, year but and a yeah. half ago, we thought, I mean, we knew, we were convinced he was done forever. Yep. And now look at him just spearing everybody. I mean, that gives me anxiety every single time he does it. But still, um, it's cool to see these eras kind of collide. And they're, it's one of those things where, like, it's not like old timers who just don't have it anymore, who are getting booked with the new guys, and it's just like a bad match. No, I feel like John Cena, Edge, I feel like they still got it, and they're still giving us some quality matches. I thought Brock was going to show up in Money in the Bank. I'm willing to bet some money that he may show up in SummerSlam because of all this teasing of how SummerSlam is going to be probably bigger than WrestleMania and everything um, this year. Who knows? But, you know, it's... One of those things where I'm liking what I see from WWE right now. I haven't really been watching extensively for a while on a weekly basis. Who knows? Maybe I might start if John Cena is going to be back. Well, and it's pretty impressive to know that the man's 44 years old and he's a 16-time champion. 13 of those championships um, come from the WWE championship and then three come from the world heavyweight championship. But I think it's cool to see Cena back. And wrestling, it, it, I do agree with you. It's more the nostalgicness. Thinking about a guy that's been wrestling since 2000, and it's now 2021. I mean, put that in perspective. I mean, anybody that's a wrestling fan knows that wrestlers don't last that long, and you know it's kind of a hard, painful life. But to see that he's back in it, I'm curious what they're going to do with him. I I know that he confronted. Roman, but I don't know how long that rivalry is going to go because I don't know about you, but I'm sick of hearing about Roman. Um, but I think they'll do something fun heading into SummerSlam. I think with Roman, I was on the same boat as you about a year ago, and then his heel turn came, and I just got to tell you, I love what I see. At first, all the hype. You know when they said that Cena gets too much hype, he's getting booked too much in the main event, he's just getting pushed down our throats and everything? I mean, me as a kid, I love John Cena. So I was just like, you know what, whatever. It's okay, you know, because, you know, he may have buried half the roster. But you know what, it's okay because it's John Cena. With Roman Reigns, I was watching that. Same exact thing happened, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy can't shoot a promo. He could <laughs> he could wrestle. It's okay, but, like, God, it's just it's just not hitting. He has the same S.H.I.E.L.D. theme song. Just something. Do something new. Turn to you. 
pairs up with Paul Heyman. Of all people. Of all people. And now he's got he's on a run that I think is just great. I think he's been he was been carrying the brand while they were in the Thunderdome. And now that they're gonna pair him back up with John Cena, we kind of saw that whenever he was still in that weird phase. I like to call it a phase of like he was a face, but people just love to boo him. Um and like, you know, it was just one of those confusing times in his career. Now he's a bona fide heel. You got John Cena, who, if you saw any highlights of Money in the Bank, he was just being cheered and cheered and cheered. So you got a, a solid baby face, a definitive heel. Now I think you're going to see that Roman Reigns is really going to excel in this type of scenario with a really established guy like John Cena. It's going to be fun to watch. I really hope they do something special for SummerSlam. Um it's going to be fun for sure when SummerSlam hits it because, like, we've been waiting to have fans back in the arena. This is going to be a lot of fun yeah. for SummerSlam. And hopefully, me and Dan, you'll probably see us in the screen come 2022, WrestleMania, Dallas, right. Texas. Dallas, Texas, John Cena, baby. you better be there. Please yeah, be for there. for sure. Please. Well, we both want to thank you again for listening to the Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Football is right around the corner, people. Do not want to miss the shows that we're going to have coming up when the football season kicks off for both high school and college. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be recapping, previewing, you name it, talking to coaches. We're going to have a lot of fun during football season, and it's literally right around the corner. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I mean, right now, what is the day? We are recording July 19th. My friend, it's just about two weeks away from August, and then once September hits, it's the greatest I mean, it's the greatest time of the year. It is literally the greatest time of the year. The weather is getting better. Football is back. It's going to be a bit of a grind, but it's going to be such a great grind with everything that's going to go on with high school football, college football. I mean, even the pros right now, it's going to be a really, really good football season. And I, Maybe it's just because also that the fans are coming back, so you're just going to get that elevated hype. I'm really excited for this football season. It's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully – yeah, we see some shakeups in those preseason polls like we kind of discussed. But remember, Johnny, preseason polls don't matter. Well, thanks again for listening to us. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. We'll listen or hear from you next time on Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.